Welcome to Freelance Party Broadcast. This episode was the most requested podcast subject when we asked freelancers what they'd like us to cover. Today we're talking about parental leave and what self-employed people are entitled to. Neither Faye or I are parents, we've enlisted the help of two experts in the field. Today, we're joined by James Miller from Working Dads and Olga Fitzroy from the Shared Parental Leave Campaign. I thought I'd have to introduce you both to each other, but you actually, you know each other, don't you? We do, yeah. We were sitting arguing about uh, what was it, whether there should be a daddy quota or something this time last week. <laughs> yeah, I think I've actually yeah. come round to your point of view. Good, I'm pleased to hear it. I, I probably can't think I might come round to your point of view. <laughs> Well, let's argue about each other's point of view for the next half an hour, why don't we? (laughs) So, James, could you tell us a bit more about yourself and what you do? Okay, well, I'm a freelance of sorts. I'm also employed editing workingdads.co.uk, which is a site for men who want to sort out their work-life balance to intents and purposes or work flexibly or work part-time or go freelance so they have a better work-life balance and they can see more of their families. And I published a book uh, about this time last year called Dads Don't Babysit, which is about why we should have more men doing more parenting and why it's good for everyone if they do. Um, So, you know, and that applies whether you're employed, self-employed, whatever. The more men that do the more childcare, the better. I think that's a great title because I know... Um, look, my friends that have children, they're like, oh, I'm babysitting tonight. The men amongst them say they're babysitting. I'm like, but that's your child. (laughs) You cannot technically babysit your own children. Babysitting by definition is somebody else's children for a limited period of time. You're just assuming that it's the woman's job to... Right, this is a conversation that could go on for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Olga, could you tell us about, about what you do? Yeah, so my day job is in music. I'm a sound engineer and music producer. But a lot of my life seems to have been taken over by running Parental Pay Equality, which is a campaign to get shared parental leave for freelancers. Because I discovered myself that freelancers don't actually qualify for shared parental leave. And I made it my mission to change the law. So you mentioned shared parental leave and what freelancers are and aren't entitled to. Can we start really basic for the listeners amongst us who might be, you know, Faye and I's age, maybe haven't considered starting a family yet, but it is something that's in the background of our minds. What what are we entitled to? What, as, uh, what are freelancers entitled to um, and what aren't they entitled to? So freelance mums are generally entitled to maternity allowance. Um, There's certain eligibility criteria to do with how long you've been earning money for and they normally measure this by your national insurance contributions. Um, I can get into more technical detail, but that's the basics of it. Most freelance mums are entitled to maternity allowance. Um, There's the lower level of £27 a week and then there's the higher level of about £150 a week. Right, £27 a week isn't much, is it? Not at all. And um, what, how's it different for men? Uh, well, they don't get anything. Absolutely uh, <laughs> nothing. Nothing Basically, whatsoever. if you're self-employed, uh, no, you're not entitled to any paternity leave, paternity pay, uh, shared parental leave, none of those things, um, which is why Olga's trying to change it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is quite surprising. So there's absolutely nothing as a man you can get as a freelance man if you have a sausage. No, which, you know, as Olga will explain, is bizarre because it's the government that pays these benefits. You know, it's not like the company is paying you for your paternity leave or whatever. It's actually, Mm. I mean, they do, but then the government reimburses them. Um, So why can't the government pay self-employed people as well? Yeah, well, it makes sense. It's, you know, it's the same thing. You, You go to work, you have a child and you need to take time off work. 
obviously for women there is a difference because you've been through childbirth and that can be a physically traumatic thing um but for men there are you still need to be there it's still your child who's been born um and it's not just like a wanting to be there it's actually it's the support that women need or want and for the man as well like it's you just should have that right yeah you want me to tell you about the benefits of men doing more parenting i mean this could go on for a while but you know if men are around especially in the early days they live longer if you really want to be basic about it, men well, who do men more child men who do more childcare live longer. Their children are healthier. The men are happier. The women are less likely to have uh, mental health concerns after birth. Uh, and the big one, of course, is women's earning power, which takes a massive hit if they disappear out of the workforce for really any more than six months. Then your lifetime earning power as a woman is affected. But if a man can step in and do some of that, um, then a woman's earning power is not really affected at all if it's only six months out. Um, and then the other thing that we found, I was actually at a session talking about this very topic uh, this morning, was that it also helps families stay together. So families where the men in the first year undertake a lot of childcare and they do shared parenting are more likely to stay together. And they have more and better sex. <laughs> they stay together. They have a better, they, there's, there's, there's proper research into this. They have a better romantic relationship. But the couple will also report having more and better sex. But if the man what do they does more childcare, well, I, admittedly, you've got PG know, warning. I, yeah, yeah. People who haven't done more childcare, I suppose. Everybody gets miserable after they have a child, essentially. But yeah. if the man is around, they are less miserable, and the couple report feeling more closely sort of bonded and more romantically connected and that obviously has uh, knock-on effects shall we say <laughs> more children so olga what's being done to try and improve the current offerings um well the government um just before the prime minister the last prime minister resigned announced a big consultation on a whole bunch of parental benefits the one that most applies to freelancers is the big parental leave consultation Um, which talks about maternity, paternity and shared parental leave. So that's a huge opportunity to feed in about the lack of provision for freelancers. And that's what the the closing date on that is the end of November. End of November, yeah. So what can people do to try and help like these campaigns? So we have a website, parentalpayequality.org.uk and we will be publishing some guidance as to how best to respond to the consultation. For the um, parental pay equality campaign, what work do you do? What's your kind of everyday role within that? I mean, it's just purely volunteer based. um, So I have a day job as well. But it's basically we do um, meetings with MPs and civil servants. Um, So I was down at Bayes this morning. They were doing a workshop on shared parental leave with a bunch of stakeholders, people from charities, trade unions, um, trade bodies, talk to politicians and also just we have a lot of people write into our petition. So we had 10,000 signers on our petition. And again, they come to us with the stories of what's happened to them, their experience of not being able to share parental leave and how that's impacted their family and their careers. And then also people talking about difficulties in getting maternity allowance. And so we try and also give people advice as well on how to deal with some of these issues. Because what women do get is nowhere near enough, I, d- I don't think, uh, self-employed women. I know it's a lot more than men get, okay, but that doesn't even seem like enough. How does it compare to what employed people get? So statutory maternity pay is 
90% of earnings for the first six weeks. And that is different from self-employed people. It's just the flat rate of just under 150 quid a week. After six weeks, they're actually both the same, the statutory. And shared parental pay is also about 150 quid a week. But it's that first six weeks that's linked to earnings for employees that is different. And isn't there an issue with keeping in touch days? There's a big issue with keeping in touch days. Yes, I was going to ask you about that. Because my understanding is that a keeping in touch day, you could lose a keeping in touch day by sending one email. In theory, the guidelines are so vague on the DWP website, you could interpret it as... um, it says there as little as half an hour's work could constitute a keeping in touch day. So you could interpret that or they could interpret it as you sending an email mm. or updating your social media, your business social media, and that that could lose one of your 10 keeping in touch days. And so 10 times, 10 occasions where you send one email or have a meeting and that's all your keeping in touch days gone in theory. Could you explain to our listeners that might not understand what a keeping in touch day is, what they are, what you're entitled to, that kind of stuff? So a keeping in touch day, anyone can take one, whether you're an employee or self-employed on maternity allowance. It's a day that you can take, you can do some paid work and you don't lose any of your maternity allowance or maternity pay. And so for employees, it's quite good. They can pop back into the office, get up to speed, maybe if they're if it's before they come back or, or just, you know, keep in touch generally with what's going on in the company. For self-employed people, obviously, it is vital that they've got a way of still running their business. Obviously, some businesses you can deputise, you can send someone in to cover for you. But a lot of people, especially sole traders, haven't really got that option. So for them, it's an opportunity to keep their business running. But obviously, if you can only take 10 of those and it's really limited, you can't even split it into half days at the moment. 10 days across nine months isn't really a lot of time to keep a business running. And it will be nine months. I mean, given because dads or men don't get anything, all the childcare is on the mum. Exactly. If she's got a business to run, then you could use up those keeping in touch days very quickly. It's, it's, yeah, very far from ideal, it's fair to say. Of course. It makes it, it sounds like it must be hard for a small business to stay afloat. Do you know if that lack of flexibility has caused a, a, a decline in small businesses after a child is born? Um, I don't know any overall stats, but we've certainly got lots of anecdotal evidence where women have said either they've had to close their business because mm. basically it's kind of folded. They've been away for nine months and haven't been able to put in the time to keep their business running. Or it's taken such a hit, it's taken them years to build back up again. Um, so we ran a study to see you know, how long it takes women to get back to their pre-baby earnings. And we measured it when the baby's one and when the baby's two. And we found that only 20% of women were back to their pre-baby earnings by the time their child is two for freelancers. Wow, that's really shocking, isn't it? A question that's just popped into my head with all of this, though, is in an unfortunate event, what would happen if there wasn't even a mum around, though, if there was a baby in the picture? Like how it would come around, like maternity and paternity rights with that? Because would there be any like anything that the government could do for that, for a freelancer? There wouldn't be any paternity of any description. I'm sure there would be possibly other benefits. I mean, that's yeah, the thing, being own. self-employed, yeah. is that you are kind of, uh, you know, you're, you're on your own to a large extent, aren't you? Yeah, there, but, there isn't a way for the dads to get any money off the government no. in order to look after their baby. No, but, I mean, it is worth pointing out, I mean, we're talking about how awful it is, but the other good thing, of course, is that if you're self-employed, you can make your work 
work so you can yeah. be around a lot more. Of I mean, I'm <laughs> aware that we're all freelance going, yeah, being freelance is awful. Why would anybody, why would anybody <laughs> no, do that? You don't get any, no. get any benefits. But of course, the, the flip side of it is that, you know, you can make your work fit around your kids. But of course, if you had some financial backing from the government that would make it a lot easier for everyone to do that i think that's a point we were going to make actually is that yeah we are sounding quite negative even though we're all very pro freelance it's but it's because the government should do more and could do more and this is actually like such an important issue that so many people asked us about but there are so many positives you can be there if you save and if you are able to then the brilliant thing about freelancing is that you can put it to one side, spend a couple of years with your child or with your family and then go back to it. And as you say, there is a problem with earnings, but you can still do the thing you love. And I think, you know, there are many positives about being a parent and a freelancer. So yeah, maybe maybe you're right, James. Maybe we are <laughs> a yeah, bit I mean, negative. Yeah, but although you're right, it's, it's on the government. I mean, as I said, you know, freelancers generally are sort of on their own. You know, you've got to make your own pension arrangements or whatever. So you, to some extent, you've got to make your own paternity pay or maternity pay arrangements. But of course, you know, it is the government that pays it. It's not where if you're employed, your employer will make a pension pot for you. It's not your employer that pays your maternity or paternity or shared parental benefits. And of course, the other issue is, I mean, we sort of talked about maternity and paternity, is shared parental leave, which is growing and is great, but is completely uh, boxed off to self-employed people. And I think, ironically, it's self-employed people that need it the most, because a lot of self-employed people might work on a project-by-project basis where it would actually make sense for maybe the mum to do a month's work because she's got big project and then the dad to take over and do a couple of months and to swap whereas for employees often it might not make that much sense to swap between the mum and the dad but for freelancers for a lot of people it just makes perfect sense and it's really nonsensical that they're the only group that are excluded from it when they'd probably benefit again we did some research that showed that over seven there's two sets of research that showed that over 70 percent of freelancers would want to take shared parental leave and again amongst the general working population of employees i think take up at the moment is around about two percent wow <laughs> wow we don't know the figures this is the truth that's government- the estimated take up isn't it that's what well, gets yeah, quoted the, quite a lot the but- government keep going oh we're going to do some research and get some proper figures and it just keeps getting kicked down the road yeah um, but yeah i mean one of the problems is right that when as you say if you take a month here and a month there if a self-employed mum goes back to work in any way then the benefits just disappear right they can't then go in, within their well, nine, nine months of maternity leave they can't sort of go on and off is that right that's what i've been told but i've also been told that if the mum goes back to work, then decides that she needs to go back off on maternity leave, back, go back to maternity allowance for the sake of her health or the sake of her baby's health, she can then start it again. But if she's going back because she's had a job for a month and then wants to go back on mat allowance, apparently that's not allowed. And I really don't understand how that even works. I've had long exchanges with DWP about this and I can't quite get to the bottom of it because they're saying you can stop and start maternity allowance, but they're also saying that you can't. It's mad, isn't it? There's a real lack of clarity. There's loads of parents and there's loads of freelancers these days. I mean, the number of freelancers we know is going up. Yeah. And it's just all a mess. I mean, why? What's going on there? (laughs) Sort it out, government. (laughs) (laughs) So you said about the the estimated higher take-up of shared parental leave in freelancers. What do you think the impact of shared parental leave would be on the freelance sector as a whole? 
I think it would allow a lot of women's businesses either to survive or to just flourish and just do a lot better. Just because, I mean, I think all freelancers, the thing that we love about it is the flexibility. So to then have that year when your baby's really little, to have so much inflexibility imposed on you just sort of scuppers your business, really. Um, And I think it would be helpful for everyone. I think also there'd be less pressure on dads just to take every job going and be the breadwinner because they've been forced into that situation. Mm -hmm. I think it would allow both parents to just do what they love and be flexible and look after their kids. Hmm. I mean, there's there's clearly an economic side of it, but there's also a social or mental health or whatever you want to call it benefit to it that as you say if you're used to being flexible and then suddenly you're told i mean all women find that when they have children suddenly their life is no longer within their control (laughs) and you know clearly you know mental health is complicated but that is an element in postnatal depression and stuff like that that follows is this sort of lack of control Uh, and that applies to men as well men feel the pressure from having to be the uh the breadwinner i mean we know that with this this research that, that men aren't entirely happy with this idea that they have to be the breadwinner because they're also being told they should be uh, spending time with their children. So, you know, you've got both parents essentially miserable when they should be, uh, you know, focusing on having a baby and being happy if a baby makes them happy. Because, yeah. you know, again, having a baby isn't necessarily uh, all, uh, you know, sweetness and light. As, as uh, and It's okay to feel that it's not sweetness and light when you have a baby, but it will be a lot easier to have sweetness and light and sleeplessness and all the rest of it <laughs> if you know you could make the the economic bits and the social bits and the mental health bits were all fixed yeah i almost was going to say that it would allow um new parents to have a good night's sleep but then quickly thought oh probably not <laughs> well there is an element of that i mean you know um no but if there's two of you doing it then you know if one's had a sleepless night the other one can take over sort of thing and that is a huge thing yeah. there's there was research last year that showed you know it's the flexibility of paternity leave that matters more than the length of it you know so if a man can be off if his wife or partner has had a bad night or has mastitis as lots of new parents do or whatever he can say right i'm taking two or three days off now to help her out and get things back on an even keel that leads to better outcomes for everyone you know in terms of health you know and that'll save the nhs tons of money you know it's just better for everyone basically in so many ways it sounds like a win-win i I actually just had a, a question there um if you're a, a, a gay couple and you have a child and say we're, we're talking about a lesbian couple who ha- who adopt a child or one um, carries a child, what are the rights there? And, and you know, I'd also like to ask about uh, like a gay couple of, of men, if they adopted a child, are there different rights there? So self-employed people don't qualify for any paid adoption leave. <gasps> right. Which is massive. None at all. That's I awful. don't believe so. If there's a biological mother, so yeah. in a lesbian couple, she would still qualify yeah. for maternity allowance. But as far as I've been able to find out, there is no provision for self-employed people to get paid adoption leave. So if you're the other mum in that lesbian couple and you have a, a child and you're both the mum, regardless if you biologically carry the child or not, the mum who didn't carry, she won't. She would not be entitled to the maternity allowance if she's self-employed. No, incredible. No. And for men, well, again, if, again, if that's that's how it is. But it's worth pointing out that all those benefits that I said that dads bring actually largely apply to non-birthing partners. Mm-hmm. There are those who don't like the term non-birthing partners as terribly PC doesn't bother me it seems perfectly sensible because <laughs> it's very inclusive but you know most of the time we are talking about dads but you know the non-birthing partners 
bring the same benefits if they're around more in terms of happier, healthier children, you know, just better outcomes for everyone. Yeah, of course. I think we've been speaking about the mum and the dad here and, you know, it is worth pointing out that that isn't always the case and there are problems there as well with what the other um, parent is entitled to. I guess that also leads to the question around like the lack of security that goes with this too because I mean we touched on it earlier obviously Jess and I don't have children but if we wanted to become freelance or self-employed how would we even go around preparing to even have children and what would we do in order to ensure that our child has some kind of security with money when we look to have children at that time? Um, Save up except (laughs) <laughs> Babies don't don't tend to work like that. That's the trouble. I mean, there are people who plan out when they're going to have their children yeah. and can save for a certain amount of time when it's all hunky-dory. Yeah. But in real life, it doesn't really work like that uh, often. Um, so, you know, I think that really is the long and the short of it. I mean, you know, everyone has nine months notice that a baby's on its way. So you've got that. <laughs> but that's not notice. really long enough. You know, you'd have to work hell of a hard in that nine months yeah. to make enough money to see you through. Uh, and of course, you might be heavily pregnant and not in the mood for doing tons of work in that nine months so it's very tricky i think is the answer you have to be i think one of these odd people who's really organized yeah (laughs) yeah i think saving money also applying in good time for your maternity allowance i think at the moment dwp are having real problems with actually getting the maternity allowance out to people Mm -hmm. so i think their target waiting time is five weeks and we're hearing reports of 14 to 16 weeks wow yeah so they really need to sort that out um i raised it again today but yeah i mean you can't wait that long with a new baby and no money no it's 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 almost dangerous how parents are so kind of left in the lurk here and for some people, um, you know, self-employment is often seen as this uh, very lucrative way of working. But for some, it isn't. And for some, it can be insecure. So for those gig economy workers um, who don't necessarily earn a massive amount of money, this is a very serious concern. This shouldn't just be seen as like an issue for the self-employed who earn very well and uh, and can maybe save some people can't save and they are then left in the lurk uh yeah and it's as always i mean you know we've discussed there are it's not an ideal situation for men but it does tend to be women that take the brunt of it uh, unfortunately it's the women who who are getting the the <laughs> worst end of this stick i would suggest and i mean you're involved with pregnant then screwed yeah I mean, the number of women who get put out of employed work yeah. and then end up going self-employed just because they're pregnant yeah um, is quite significant isn't it yeah it's massive so a lot of people either get discriminated against while they're employed or when they're going back um, flexible working requests get turned down or they just get pushed out of the workplace so again for a lot of those people self-employment might be the only option and it might be actually turn out to be great for them and they'll set up their own business then when they have their second child they're then trapped again and not able to continue that business Right. So we we have some questions sent in from freelancers. As I said, um, when we spoke about doing this podcast on Twitter, this was by far the most requested podcast. Um, so we, we have questions. And first... Just that's weird, isn't it? I mean, that, that's one of these weird things that we're talking about. The situation is not ideal and it doesn't work for parents. Yet there are loads of parents experiencing this. Yeah, and there's, you know, there, the information is so unclear that even if you work your absolute hardest to understand it, as you say, I mean, Olga, this is something you campaign on. And yet 
you're unsure on what's... I can't get a straight answer out of them for some things. (laughs) Yeah. So if, if you can't, and you know you I think they're so unsure much. well yeah <laughs> if they can't and you can't then how could the the norm you know the the parent who isn't involved in this campaign yeah how could they even begin to try and understand what their rights are i mean there needs to be a parent's lobby i mean this is one of my things is saying dads need to speak up and say this is what we want we're not going to stand for this yeah i mean yeah. and as i always say it's unfair but men's voices tend to carry in the corridors of power unfortunately rather more powerfully than women's that's why we've got this situation this is why women are on the the receiving end of a lot of this is because unfortunately that is the society we live in um but yeah you know people just need to speak up i think is a lot of it and say hang on this is not okay this is wrong. you know we've got a general election coming soonish who knows when but you know there's an opportunity there for parents whether that's fathers mothers parents whatever to sort of actually speak up and say hang on what are you going to do for us how are you going to fix this yeah instead of being sidetracked onto other stuff you know whatever happens with the b word oh uh, it's the b word mention, free zone right, well, whatever happens with that or the economy or whatever you know parents still have the same issues of trying to juggle a job and their children yeah um so it's just about speaking up i think i mean you know we've shown that the situation the system just doesn't work as it stands yeah we did have these questions sent in because people don't don't know. And one of the questions was um, whether if you have twins, if you're entitled to any more pay, because obviously the cost is high. I'm a twin. Like the cost, both and my parents are self-employed. The cost is higher, but you don't necessarily get any extra money. And I wondered what, what the answer is to that with self-employment. I don't believe you get any extra money for twins apart from you get extra child benefit. Mm-hmm but you don't get any additional leave. You don't get any additional maternity allowance. Is that for both employment and self-employment? Yeah. Okay. It's the same amount of time that you get off, um, but you do get additional child benefit for an additional child. But your second child benefit is less than your first, isn't it? I think. I don't know, you tell me. I'm pretty sure you <laughs> I've get, only got one. You so. get less, I'm pretty sure you get less for second. Obviously, you don't get anything for, for after two children. Oh, but I'm God, pretty yeah, sure you get less. Let's not start on no, that kind of That's a different worms. issue, but uh, I'm pretty sure you get less for a second child than you do for a first. I'm not right. sure if that applies to twins because they're both the first child. So maybe you get some sort of bonus then. Basically, we don't know. But, <laughs> you know what? but essentially, no, you don't get you anything. Don't get, you don't get what you ought to get. I, you know what I keep thinking of is did you see in the news this week? Britain's largest family have just expanded. So they, she's, oh, she's pregnant with her 22nd child. And the dad is self-employed. He's a baker. And the mum uh, doesn't work because... Got she's, 22 children. She's got 22. She's, all, she's always pregnant and she's uh, always... She works so hard. And, you know, they are very clear. We do not claim benefits. We're not on any benefit at all, apart from the child benefit they got for the first two. And that's what I always think of is... That poor that dad who's who's self employed. Start working. Go yeah. on the playground and sell them cookies, kids. <laughs> yeah. I Make think the of, family money. I think if I think of that family because the the sole breadwinner there is a self employed baker. I mean, you know, you're, it's crying out for a joke about buns in the oven, isn't it? Yeah. It's, crying, it's just crying out. I hope that's it. how they announce it every single it. time. <laughs> <laughs> it's more than a baker's dozen. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He's only got himself to blame, though, hasn't he? I mean, really. I mean, when you get to 22. It's all you said about that they have better sex. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not doing the childcare, though. I mean, it gets better every time. They can't stop. (laughs) But back to the questions that we got sent in. And we did touch on this briefly earlier. But regarding adoption. So a lady called Sophie in Norfolk tweeted in and said, 
I am now looking to adopt a child. Am I entitled to? And does that? What am I entitled to? And does their age make an impact on this? As far as I understand it, self-employed people don't get anything um, for adoption, paid adoption leave. Um, I don't know about ages of children um, or whether her partner is employed. Um, but as far as I understand it, from the research that I've done, I couldn't find anywhere where there's anything for self-employed people adopting. Mm, so I, I saving, saving's the answer, I think. Yeah. yeah. I don't think the age of the child affects, if you're employed, mm. it affects your um, eligibility for adoption leave, which has got a lot better in recent years. Yeah. All the parental policies now sort of take into account adoption and such like. Um, but yeah, <laughs> by the same token... Um, self-employed people get the same money (laughs) or the Mm. same which is nothing for everyone unfortunately (laughs) i think people listening to this um so so our audience are people who are starting out so are fairly young you'd assume and maybe not at that age yet but this might be quite a worry they might be listening to this podcast because it is something they're concerned about what do you see is changing in the next five years or five to ten years is that have you got hope for what the future holds yeah, definitely. I mean, even this meeting I was at today, um, they are certainly looking at all this policy area and how they can change it. When that's actually going to result in real policy change, um, I don't know. And whether it'll go as far as we want them to go, again, I don't know, but they're certainly looking at it. So I think it's not going to stay the same. And also if people are, you know, they haven't had kids yet, but they're thinking about it, write to your MP, tell them your concerns. Right, so that was actually going to be my my next question. What can you do? If you're listening to this and you think, God, this is dreadful and I really want to get involved, what can you do? Join Olga's campaign, (laughs) first and foremost. Yeah, we have a petition on our website as well, so people can sign the petition and also write to your MP. And again, if you've signed the petition, then we'll update you when there's an opportunity to either fill in a consultation or write to an MP about something. So yeah, sign the petition and we'll keep you updated with actions you can take. But right. also talk to each other. I mean, this is one of the things that was the biggest part of partly my book, but also just the general stuff around dads that I do is that people don't tend to talk to each other about all this sort of stuff. They just kind of, it's a bit like pay, you know, we don't talk about how much you get paid and stuff like this. Mm. It comes in the same sort of book. We don't talk about what you're entitled to. If people, particularly men who don't have a history of talking about this stuff, say, I don't like it, it's not fair. Chances are the other self-employed man that they speak to will say, yeah, I don't like it either. That's not fair. Mm. And then you begin to get something moving. Mm. Um, so if you just talk about it, I mean, talk about it to your partner, talk about it to your friends, uh, it becomes an issue. It becomes a normalised thing to talk about and it begins to gain a certain amount of momentum. Yeah. And, you know, change will come. At the end of the day, yes, you're filling in a petition and you're, you're bothering politicians because unfortunately that's where the change is going to come from. It's got to come from politicians changing the rules. So you've just got to sort of make it clear to them that this matters yeah. because they will respond to that because they will want to get elected. And, and if they think, Yeah, absolutely. That's what it boils down to. Uh, if they think this is an issue that people care about, then they will respond to it. Yeah. I, I think when, when we spoke about um, what the future holds and what could happen, one thing that came into my mind was about these work hubs that have crashes in them and have facilities. Uh, you both nodded in unison there. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a it's a really po- positive step forward where we can now have these co-working spaces where you can take your child and you can work whilst your child is looked after. And, ha- you know, you can be close by. So if there's a problem, you are there. 
And that, for, for many reasons, could be a positive thing for the mental health of the parent who is the um, caregiver. It gives them the opportunity to be around other people, but also to get back into work. So I wondered if that's something that, um, because you both nodded in unison there, I just wondered <laughs> what you thought about them. Yeah, no, I've written about a couple of them on Working Dads dot co dot uk um, just a quick plug yeah, yeah. not working as dot com that's awful you don't know um, it might be the same site i don't know i probably should have said that maybe yeah. that redirects you to my site um but yeah absolutely and the other thing great thing about places like that is they tend to be very flexible so you don't have to sign up and say i will be here you know dropping my child off three days a week like you would at a regular nursery you can do it as and when you need to which obviously suits self-employed people down to the ground well, I think we could ask a million more questions, but we are running out of time, <laughs> unfortunately. So thank you so much for joining us today, James and Olga. It's been very insightful, but also very thought-provoking in order for me to actually think about getting involved in some of them campaigns myself. I don't know about you, Jess. Yeah, but... no, definitely. <laughs> I think it's something that we all should get involved, even though we're in, we are in, employees, it affects us and it affects you know partners people that we partners. know yeah people that we know it's really important and it, I, it shocks me the main thing that I learned today the thing that I feel most shocked by is that if you adopt a child you don't have the rights because that completely neglects people who can't have children uh, biologically speaking or gay or lesbian couples that choose to adopt completely leaves them with nothing and that really shocked me mm, definitely learned a lot but again thank you so much for coming on and for more insight and things like this in our podcast feel free to listen to freelance party broadcasts on apple Podcasts, spotify and most other podcast platforms be sure to like share and subscribe and don't forget to leave us a review this is the podcast of Freelance Corner, the online platform for the UK's freelancers that is launching soon. Keep an eye on freelancecorner.co.uk so you're the first to know when we launch. And if you want to know more about the issues we spoke about today, check out the links in our show notes. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>